I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kyle Moore. How do I describe Kyle Moore? Kyle Moore is flawless. I heard he has two therapists in two different countries. I've heard that his hair's insured for $10,000. Yeah, I don't know who told me, but like somebody said he's doing Pfizer commercials over in Milan. This one time he met Joe Rogan on an airplane. And like Joe Rogan said, that he was just too interesting for the Joe Rogan experience. This one time, he punched me in the face. It was awesome. Well, didn't know when it was going to happen, but we finally got there. What's up? We finally got to the point where we went with a Mean Girls sketch. (laughs) You opened your computer, you (laughs) sat down, and and what did you search? Do you want to know? (laughs) Regina George is flawless. Regina George (laughs) is flawless. That's right. I mean, the real question is, who do you think... think, um, was the one whose idea it was. Was it Dan? Yeah, typical. And, and, yeah, it was. And look what she sends me when I'm like, hey, like, what do you want? Shut it out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you ready for this? <clears throat> Dan is the most wonderful and entertaining and funniest person I have ever met. Hey, Dan. Nice. Go check Dan's podcast out. Uh, it's called Spill the Milk. It's super funny. Um, and uh, you can listen anywhere. Uh, you want to kick things off for me? I got it. Uh, hey, guys. Hey, welcome- guys. Welcome back to the Life's a Rack, the podcast where, where I, Kyle Moore, uh, and that's the voice of my mental illness. Just a lonely guy with time. Eh? Talk about the world of mental health with special guests and uh, amongst ourselves. In a, in a way. Before we get into it, uh, let's just uh, let's get the old money moves out of the way. Say, Kyle, have you ever heard of Tether? Does it have something to do with ropes? <laughs> oh, sir, you're hilarious. No, guess again. Is it the thing that like grows out of birds, but I'm kind of freaked out by them because I'm like, they're hair, but they're not hair in a way? No, that would be a feather 
Oh, you're talking about Tether. Oh yeah, the men's peer support social network that connects men with the community who gets it. The one and only. And you can download that in like the App Store or like the Google Play Store today. You bet your sweet ass you can. All right, good shit. Yeah, well done. Yeah, we, 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 I, I got to think that we really killed this whole promo. We're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of promo stuff, uh, guys, make sure to go check us out on Instagram at Life's Rec Podcast. Um, our design team has been absolutely incredible. And uh, there's been a new look to the content, which I absolutely love. So uh, make sure to go show the podcast some love there. And always feel free to reach out. DMs are always open uh, if you guys need to chat. Um, this week on the podcast, I'm really excited to be joined by a couple of fellow mental health podcasters who work with the TAD Project. The TAD Project is an organization from the States that is looking at shortening the time between when you are in a moment of mental health crisis and when you get the resources, um, get connected to the resources that you deserve and need. Yeah, it's great work that they're doing. Uh, and the guys joining us today are Nick Bingham and Lawson McDougall. Uh, do you want to do Nick's? Sure. As a college hockey player at Hobart College in New York, uh, Nick dealt with mental health challenges and really didn't have any tools or resources to fight them. Um, after failing to find relief from a therapist on campus, the only resource that he really knew about, he managed his mental health on his own for the better part of eight years. Throughout that time, he experienced massive ups and downs um, before finding a place within the mental health community. As the VP of Community Engagement and Media at the TAD Project, he is now gaining a voice and a massive amount of tools and resources to arm himself and others, as well as navigate the mental health landscape. Lawson, like Nick, uh, was also a former college hockey player at Hobart College when he joined the TAD Project in the spring of 2020. He feels that we all have some kind of connection to mental health, and he wanted to use his own experience to be part of creating positive change. Together, Lawson believes that we can normalize mental health conversations and is hopeful that TAD voices can play a small role in doing just that. Boys, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Yeah, my day's been pretty good. Um, I actually, with you know, my job right now and not being able to necessarily work in the capacity that I typically do. I had some time and I uh, drove the three hours with one of my dogs down to uh, Acton, Massachusetts, where my grandmother lives and did sort of a social distance hello. Uh, I haven't seen her since probably February. So it was, it was nice to, to be able to, to be around some family that I hadn't seen in a while and, and just chat for a little while and be home for, for dinner. So um, it was a good day, lots of time in the car, lots of podcasts. So um, for sort of sitting around in, uh, in the same place for a while, it was, it was good to get out and do something. So today's been uh, actually a little bit more of a, of a full day than I guess my, my days have been in a, in a little while. So it was a, it was a good day. It, was, it felt you know, as normal as maybe it can be for, for this time. Yeah, really. 2020 and uh, now kind of bleeding into 2021. Normal isn't really a word that's uh, thrown around a lot. So usually if somebody like, you know, way back when, if they're like, yeah, my day was kind of normal, you're like, oh yeah, it was kind of like a boring, crummy day. But you're like, oh, your day was normal. That's amazing. I'm so happy to hear it. Exactly. Uh, Lawson, exactly. Lawson, how about you, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a kind of a busy week in, in general, just uh, both with work and I think stuff with, with Tad as well, kind of ramping things up there. But uh now, to be completely honest with you, like, I don't know, I think, uh, especially being in Toronto, too, I'm not sure what it's like uh, where you guys are at right now, but just kind of with everything being on lockdown, it's certainly, you know, taking its toll a little bit, starting to, starting to wear on me. Um, it's kind of working. I've been working from home since uh, since August. So, and for me, anyways, just as kind of like a more social person, I like the uh, the office kind of atmosphere. So, 
um, yeah, you know, some days are, are better than others. So, you know, find ways to keep busy, but uh, it's certainly looking looking forward to, you know, maybe a time when we can kind of get back together in, in the office and, you know, get to get back with friends and, and family. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, no. So I'm back uh, now. I'm back in New Brunswick. I was in Toronto for a little while there, um, but uh, back in New Brunswick with my family and, and have been for a little bit now. And uh, I was really thankful because New Brunswick had been super great when it came to COVID. Like we had really low cases. Our, our spread was really um, minimal. But just after uh, we kind of got that that New Year spike, that Christmas and New Year spike, people kind of got a little bit too comfortable. Uh, and so so we've seen this big uptick in cases. So we've officially went back into lockdown as well. So I completely, yeah, yeah, I completely get it. And as somebody who very much, I would say, similarly is that kind of social um, it, you know, a social life is like an outlet to me, you know, being able to go and see my friends and having that be taken away. It's, uh, you know, it's nice cause you get to focus on other things, but at the same time, you're like, man, like there goes that one pillar of support that I used to have to kind of like better my mental health. And now all of a sudden you're like, Hey guys, like, what's up? You want to hop on a zoom call sometime? Like yeah, it'd be good to yeah. see you guys. So, it's, so I guess it's, that. it's one thing like I've talked to a couple of my buddies about that. I really miss is just like, whether it be after work or whatever, just going out to a restaurant or whatever and like sitting down Dude. and just having, just being like served a, like a beer or something like that, or just getting <laughs> a meal. Like there's something to be said about it. It's just, it's relaxing and, watch some sports on the tv or something but yeah i love it i mean i miss it dude i mean like granted like as i said new brunswick had been lights out when it came to covid so we had restaurants open for a while and you could dine with your uh i can't remember how many people at one point we were allowed to have like 50 people at once inside and it was like so we were we were really good um and it was something that i was like i can't imagine like when every time it was taken away you were like i really miss just like having somebody come and be like hey here's your beer and you're like thank you i really (laughs) appreciate that um, it sounds it sounds weird to say like be served, but like there's something so cathartic and just like oh like this is so nice just being like doubted on. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know, speaking of uh, speaking of mental health and and areas in which um, you know mental health has affected our lives, obviously you guys uh, host Tad Voices, which is this incredible podcast that was started in August of 2020, I believe. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of curious how you guys got involved with TAD, which is talk about depression, uh, kind of how it all came to be and, and what your connection to mental health was. We go, we'll start with Nick and Lawson if you want to go after him. Yeah, so uh, TAD was started by a, a teammate and uh, you know college buddy of ours, Ben Greiner, and he started it in you know response to a moment that he had with one of his friends where uh, one of his be- closest friends that he had known forever you know, had this, uh, this crisis moment where he was questioning whether or not he wanted to live anymore. And he articulated that to Ben and Ben was really, you know, caught off guard with the lack of resources that were available to him in that moment for him to be able to support his friends. So he actually threw a program at our college, um, Hobart college in, in upstate New York, um, started, you know, pitching this through a, a con an entrepreneurial contest at the college and, then he went off and played a couple of years of junior or excuse me, uh, professional hockey over in Europe and came back. And at the beginning of COVID, you know, jumped right in with this and wanted to do it, you know, full steam ahead. And he sort of reached out to a couple of guys and Lawson and I were sort of lucky enough to, to be in that group of guys, but um, you know, sort of my mental health, um, you know, journey, if you will. Um, when I was 18, my dad was arrested for a white collar crime. And it was sort of during those, you know, formative years of my life where, I just had to, you know, grow up sort of within this, this chaotic situation and, and not really knowing how to, 
to handle emotions or behaviors or, you know, anything along those lines. And it, it just, it, it took a real toll on me. And I tried to use some resources that were offered by, uh, you know, the college at the time, and I just hated them. And it, you know, for me, I felt like I exhausted everything. And I went off in this situation where I was like, determined to handle my mental health struggles by myself. And that was very unproductive during those years of my life. And obviously, in a college setting where you've got academics, athletics, and then the social scene where, you know, drugs and alcohol come into play, it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, not necessarily the wisest thing for a 21, 22, 23 year old kid to be off, you know, not necessarily mentally stable and in that situation and try to figure it out on their own. So um, as Ben was sort of growing this, I was something that I wanted to be a part of and I reached out to him and, and uh, you know, Lawson can sort of take you through how Tad Voices came about, but it's been incredibly ther- therapeutic, um, mm-hmm. you know, process for me. And, and I, you know, I think I can speak for Lawson and uh, you know, Katie, another co-host of ours and producer, the podcast where it's been as beneficial as we hope it is for everybody else sort of selfishly you know one of those things that we feel um you know has really benefited our own mental health and allowed us to to communicate to each other and communicate to others and and be able to sort of you know open this conversation around mental health where it should be like you know brushing your teeth right like you should be able to do it every single day and and not really you know think twice about it so yeah and then you know i'll obviously like echo quite a few things that that bing said just in it kind of being like its own you know beneficial experience in itself but um for me like i guess i've i've known uh nick for like five years now uh knew ben for a few years and kind of was with him at school when he started the the tad project and uh wasn't in wasn't involved with it but kind of just from a distance like saw how passionate he was about it which was you know really inspiring and then, uh, so it would have been like towards, um, so I just graduated in 2020. Um, so kind of, I would say like March, like March, April kind of mm-hmm. timeline, maybe, um, just where school like was kind of just pandemic was kind of starting. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so the pandemic was kind of starting and honestly just, um, like probably a, a period in my life that I've never really gone through before, but just a very like transitional period, I, I would say. And like, just had a kind of a lot of anxiety about like, you know, what was next, what was going to be out there for me, just because there was going to be a lot of changes, you know, on the horizon. And yeah, it was just, it definitely like a difficult time for me. I think Um, there was a, you know, a a bunch of things, but um, for me, it was, it was also too, like I, I was in this space where, you know, I wasn't really familiar with, I, you know, growing up, and I never really even, you know, thought about my own mental health, given right. it much, given it much thought at all. I kind of like found myself in this space where I was just like, I don't know, I just like basically just something, something wasn't right. And mm. so anyways, I tried like some, some online therapy stuff and it didn't, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily for me. I didn't really connect with the, with the lady who I was working with, but, um, I was like, you know, I, I kind of want to find an outlet and, mm-hmm. and try and find maybe a way to make some positive change and use my own experiences maybe to, to help others. So um, yeah. I reached out to Ben and like I said earlier, he's uh, super passionate about it. So we've all been, we've all been just like, you know, more than, more than eager to kind of join the team and, and help him achieve his, his vision for it. So uh, yeah, like Nick said, it's been a, a pretty, uh, pretty valuable experience kind of selfishly almost for us. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the thing, though, is is it is a, a selfish thing, but it's one of the best things that some people can do for their mental health. 
I mean, for me personally, like I had, I was at kind of a tipping point of mental health when I started my podcast. Um, and it was an opportunity for me just to kind of get things off my chest. And I found that like, it was, it was incredibly therapeutic to understand that like you weren't alone, that there were other people who were going through the same kind of thing, but also just to kind of like verbal diarrhea, just get everything out and just be like, okay, like there it's out into the world. Now it doesn't feel like this thing that's like weighing me down. Um, it's something that I can actually like handle and deal with because I've chosen to, to face it. Um, you know, what, what aspects of this process, you know, Nick, you said that it's been therapeutic for you guys, for you, um, you know, for both of you guys saying that it's something that's helped you, like what aspects of it have been beneficial? I think for me, the biggest thing has been like not having to feel guilty for the Mm -hmm. way that you're feeling. And then also building on that, not feeling guilty about talking about it. Yeah. To like people that you've been afraid to talk about it before, right? Like I went through this process in my own mind where like I felt like I just needed to keep everything inside to protect one myself from others, but also protect my family from me. Right. Mm. And that was like it, like thinking back on it, like how ridiculous is that? Right. Yeah, like, like that's I feel like a lot of people say that same thing. I didn't want to be a burden. Yeah, exactly. And like now that I talk to my mom about it now, it like breaks her heart. Right. Like mm. it and it's like she's she doesn't know how to how to communicate with it and, and she's trying her best. And it's just like now she has to play catch up with it, where like it almost would have been like like if you sort of hit the ground running in stride with people that you really like like where your support system, like how great would have that that have been? Right. Where 100%. you're you're both starting at this point where like, okay, I, I'm noticing my, you know, emotions, my mood, my, you know, activity level, whatever changing from what it was, I'm going to tell people that are close to me and like, they may not have any experience with it, but like, we're going to, we're going to work through this together. And instead Mm -hmm. it just like, it built up to this point where like seven years later, now's the first time where I'm like going to therapy and like talking to my mom and like, you know, communicating to the world that like I felt like garbage for so long right and I think that to me is like the feeling by being able to like and tad voices came up like sporadically right like Lawson and I were sort of just texting on the side and we were just like how do we provide value to tad Mm. and we decided on like well why don't we start a podcast and why don't we talk about like what we're doing with tad and like I mean, Lawson and I, one day we tried to record like an intro episode and it literally took like four hours and we didn't even use it. We didn't even use, it took four hours and we didn't even use it. And then all of a sudden we're like, you know, 12 episodes in here and we feel comfortable like literally saying anything and and this feeling of like being able to like, just like not like be uncensored around mental health is like, obviously there are consequences behind it. And like, you have to be careful with like, you know, giving advice, but just like allowing a space for like people to be able to talk to you about the way that they're feeling. Like, I don't know. I just feel like however the, you know, the person who's listened to our podcast and felt the best after it feels, Mm -hmm. I'm like a hundred X that by doing it. And again, it's like this selfish thing, but like, how great is it that like, you don't need to feel guilty about the way that you feel. And like, you know what? Fuck it. Like if they can't fucking handle you being able to like, communicate how you feel like that's a that like find somebody else for your foxhole right yeah yeah i think probably the best experience for me has has been just like nick kind of touched on it like after the episodes um just kind of you know that that feeling of 
of finish finishing like hearing somebody's story and it's almost like a sense of like you know we're slowly building this community and it's like slowly continuing to push the envelope and talk about mental health and talk about depression and talk about suicide and i think that's like for me just playing like the smallest part but just being a small part of of helping to do that like yourself too i mean that's all what it's about right Mm. just kind of getting out there talking about it opening up so i think that's probably been one of the one of the better experiences for me and i know like something that's really been really been brought up quite a bit on our podcast is just like the importance of, of reaching out and like being there for others and kind of the the one thing for me, you know, I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but like growing up and, and not really, not necessarily like having any training, but um, like, like I, I think back to like, like health class or anything like that, like growing up through school and like, we were never, never taught like, you know, how to no. talk to somebody who might be suicidal or, or just how to be there, like just to be an ear, right? So there were like just growing up for me, there was a like a few instances just with with friends that I had that like looking back, they like they were they were clearly in a very a very dark spot and I didn't know how to help them. And I kind of turned a blind eye in those scenarios and I didn't really under I just didn't understand, right? And mm-hmm. so kind of, you know, maybe it wasn't to the same extent, but going through something myself personally, I like kind of looked back on that and I was like like holy fuck, like it didn't have to I didn't have to say the perfect thing like I there's I think in those times there isn't necessarily a right thing to say and just hearing that from other people like just the importance of, of being there for others even if you haven't gone through it yourself you don't have to you just have to be be mm-hmm. an ear for someone and, and don't necessarily worry about you know how you're doing it or what you're doing don't be so concerned just just be an ear be a shoulder yeah, I think that speaks volumes on the mental health education that we got as kids because, you know, we kind of all float around the same age. And I remember that even when I was a kid, um, you know, it just wasn't something that was talked about ever. And when, you know, when it was brought up, it was brought up in these extreme circumstances, these super scary you know, talks when, uh, you know, somebody would be bullied to the point of suicide and then you'd have a, you'd have a school assembly because, you know, somebody at a school, a couple, you know, miles down or a couple towns over, whatever this, this terrible, terrible thing happened. But it was just like, if something, the warning signs weren't taught and all of a sudden you kind of like, it's so easy as a kid just to see something and just be like, so overwhelmed. Cause like, I don't know what to fucking say. Like, like, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do here? And, and I think that that's a scary thing for kids too, because it kind of, it doesn't reflect on you because you're just a kid. It just reflects on like how we were taught about mental health. And that's a big thing around Tad Voices, around Life's a Wreck is just like normalizing the conversation, making it casual, making it light so that people don't think that it's, it has to be this like be all end all. Okay. Like all the, the world's on my shoulders now I've got to, I've got to be the superhero for this person. Like you said, it's just lending that ear and just being like, Hey, I'll listen. Like if you want to talk, if you're at that point, I'm I'm here to listen. But if you're not, you take your time, you heal through your own process and I'll be here to support you in any way I can. And that's the kind of stuff that, that moves mountains, not like, hey, here's the here's the fix. Yeah. yeah and, and to build off what Lawson said, like trying to reach like a broader population, right? So like we're not talking like solely to like the mental health population anymore. Mm-hmm. Like think about if you go through a day, right? And you come home and your roommate, your significant other, your parent, your brother, your sister, whatever it is, asks you how your day is. 
right? Just like ask mm-hmm. you like, hey, how was your day? And you had a you had a tough day, right? Yeah. And you, you know, one, the first thing is like, do you really say that? A lot of people say mm-hmm. like it was fine, right? Yeah. Typically, yeah. when you, somebody says fine, it's not fine. But then yeah. hypothetically, if you were to go into it, right? And you were to say like, you know what, my teacher gave me a C and you know, the, the person that I was, you know, had a crush on, you know, won't even look at me or, um, it's like the story of my whole life, but yeah, sorry. (laughs) But like, and and, you know, somebody listens to you and they go, Oh, well, you know, you should have done that. Right. Like they, Mm -hmm. they all of a sudden problem solve for you. Like how, like for anybody, average person, Mm -hmm. right. And average is like, okay, whatever you want to use the word average, anybody in anybody in the population, how great would it be if somebody just said that sucks? I'm sorry. Right. And from there you hear that they were listening to you. They weren't Mm -hmm. thinking of something to respond to. They Mm -hmm. heard you finish what you were saying and that you were like venting, you know, whatever. And they just said, that sucks. I'm sorry. Right. Like you're like, okay, like I got that off my chest. I'm not now thrown more information, more material that now I need to digest and then spit out an answer back to you. I'm just literally venting to you about my day. You asked how my day was and you listened exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not like a mental Absolutely. health thing. That's just like a person. It's a thing. human thing. Yep. Yeah. The, I'll, I'll say that the two, two times that, that really changed my life in terms of how I've approached mental health were the first time I'd been through a couple of different therapists up until the time I was in my second or third year, I think it was my second year of university. Um, and I finally went to this woman, I was at Ryerson university in Toronto at the time. Uh, and I went to this, this therapist and she was, she was pretty young, um, just fiercely smart. And, uh, when I, when I sat down, she was like, Hey, um, number one, she made me feel super comfortable. She told me all about herself, about why she, you know, I asked her questions. I'm inquisitive by nature. I wanted to know why she wanted to be a therapist. Um, kind of like a, a textbook question for me. Anytime I go to a new therapist, I want to know why they, they care. Um, and, uh, and I told her everything and basically I just kind of, I vented everything out and we sat in silence for like 30 seconds. And the only thing that was running through my head was this girl thinks I'm nuts. This is like, you know, she's going to be like, get out of here. And then, uh, you know, she just looked at me and she was just like, that sounds really hard. And, and that was a moment that changed my life because past therapists that I had been to had always tried to immediately, like the second I was done talking, they just fired you know, fixes at me anytime that I brought things up to, you know, whether it was like acquaintances or anything, just, you know, in small little pieces, it was always fire a fix at you. Um, and that was, that was one thing that I was just like, you know what? Yeah, that is tough. And I finally gave myself permission to just kind of like sit there in that, that moment and be like, yeah, like I've actually had a tough go and somebody, and somebody gets that and they're not trying to fix me. They're not saying I'm broken because of it. It's just like, yeah, it sounds tough. Now let's work together to try to make it like more easy for you to bear this load. Um, and then the second time was I talked to, uh, my, my pastor when I was a kid at the church I used to go to, he's an incredible speaker. And I went up to his house to interview him for the podcast about mental health and religion. Cause I find when I was talking to athletes, they were always bringing up religion and in, in terms of like how they dealt with mental health, it was prayer and those kind of things. So I went and talked to him about that. And when I was, when I was talking with him, interviewing him face to face in the, uh, the good old pre COVID days, um, he, he closed his eyes when I was talking. And, and he, he would sit there with his eyes closed. And as I was talking, he would nod his head and you could see him, you know, when I quipped the joke, he would smile. Like he was actively listening. Um, and afterwards I asked him, I was like, what, like, what was that? You know, in your own words, like, how would you describe that? And he said that there's, there are 
people don't know how to listen. Um, people or people don't know how to listen to understand. They only know how to listen to respond. And that line has stuck with me through the, you know, the creation of this podcast through everything. Like it, it's, it's so true. We don't know how to listen as, as a group of people. And, uh, and I think if we became better listeners, mental health would become a lot less of a taboo topic because you don't have to bear that weight like Lawson was talking yeah, about. And I think a really good point about that too, is that a lot of times I, I don't think, you know, people understand the value of that, like just kind of listening, not to respond, but to actually understand. I think mm-hmm. if you have maybe gone through your own mental health struggles, like yourself, you have a better understanding of that. But I think it's really important mm-hmm. important that we get to the point where like you don't necessarily have to have had your own challenges. Like everybody is just like the education is there where everybody kind of understands the value of that. Because obviously like after having gone, whether it be a period of however many months or if it's something that you're still dealing with, you understand that that's kind of what you want somebody to listen. But without having that, like, I don't know, just kind of for the, for the general population, I'd say it's just kind of, like, I hope that we can kind of spread that, just the importance of it. I feel like a lot of people, once you get to a certain age, can kind of be out of touch. Uh, an example I'll use is um, supply teaching. I've been doing some supply teaching during the pandemic, which is something that I never imagined uh, I would be doing. I was working at a media company before all this. Uh, and now, you know, now I'm supply teaching uh, for middle school kids. Um, but, you know, in talking to them, you really do see the the power in in that, like, lived experience when it's like kind of fresh like i still understand like i'm, I'm 22 i still understand what it is, what it means to be like an angsty teenager um and so like these kids who are 12 13 14 um just being there and just being like yeah like you know you you acted this way and i i understand why you did but like now let's kind of let's kind of understand like why you were were angry like what's going on and kids are, are actually like really receptive because they're like oh this guy this guy gets it this guy understands me um so it's important to like like you said, it's early and often, and it's just like implementing it as much as you can at key areas in their lives, like those transitional periods when it's like, yeah, of course, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm 17 years old going off to university or college, you know, or I'm I'm an athlete who all of a sudden has had my season stripped away because of COVID. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's all pretty crazy. We actually had we actually had somebody on our podcast, Daniel Patterson, and he said something that I thought was incredibly intuitive and just he's a parent so he has a different perspective than we do on this obviously and and one of the questions that we asked him was you know how do you involve mental health Mm -hmm. in your parenting and how do you go about that conversation for somebody that's gone through um i believe he, he went through um he's like six years sober now so congrats daniel out there if you're listening but um And he said something that like has stuck with me and he said, mental health will be the same at, I I will deal with mental health the same that I deal with my kids going to the dentist. Mm -hmm. They will go twice a year. And if they need more work, we'll go back for more work. And I thought that what like a wonderful way Mm -hmm. to look at it, right? Like, okay, go to, go to a therapist, go to a counselor, go to somebody to talk. That's not your parents twice a year. And if that person says, you know, they're mm-hmm. doing fantastic. Yeah. It's like awesome. Right. And if they come back and they say, you know, they said something that sort of like bothered me a little bit, but you know, I don't think there's anything to worry. It's like, okay, right. well, we can keep an eye yeah. on them. We'll be back in six months. 
right? And then if they come back and they say, they said something that was really concerning to yeah, me, it's yeah, like, exactly. we'll see you next week, right? Like, and what a wonderful way to like approach it where you're like actively trying mm-hmm. to combat this rather than being on the defense and trying yeah. to catch yeah, up. I, I was smiling there when you said that because that was, uh, I, I was told that when I started uh, my mental health journey by that same therapist um, who, you know, I was kind of talking to her about the whole therapy process. She, she said the same thing that she thinks it should be like going to the dentist. And that's something that's always stuck with me too. So it, it is such a great way of looking at it. What do you guys, uh, what do you guys feel like is the biggest thing that you've learned throughout this entire process? That is definitely, I kind of touched on a little bit earlier, probably one of the bigger things I've learned. Uh, is just like the importance of, of communication and um, just being understanding and acknowledging, you know, it, it takes a tremendous amount of courage for, for these people to, to get on our podcast and share their stories and be vulnerable like that. So I, I think just, you know, being uh, conscientious to that fact and also, um, yeah, just like I said, just the importance of, of being open and being accepting and being willing to kind of listen to people and, uh, you know, accept them as they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think just building off that, it's just, it's accepting, but also from an individual knowing that like everybody's got a ton of stuff going on, right? Like nobody's out here saying that, you know, the person next to them has nothing going on. Like everybody, everybody's got their own life. Everybody's got their own, you know, schedule, whatever it is. But like, once you can sort of like sit down and and maybe like, you know, get a minute to yourself, like reach out to those that are close to you and like, and, and try to like intuitively think like, how are they doing? Like, what are they, what are they giving me to show me like how they're actually doing? And, and, and like, Mm -hmm actually like actively thinking about that rather than like again like being on the defensive right like i think at the end of this like if we can be proactive if we can be like just like attack mental health right because like what's the statistic it's like one in five you know people suffer from mental health like that's crazy like that's Mm -hmm. that's wild so i think just like you know taking a moment and thinking about those who are close to you and like what have they given you in the last two weeks what have they given you in the last month like what have they given you in the last three months have you seen them like in and during the pandemic like i'm concerned with what's going to happen post pandemic right like and how people may some people may be super comfortable going back into society and others may be very timid about it and like how does that you know are people going to be forced into a situation that they're not comfortable with? And how is that going to affect the mental health community? Right? Like, I I just think that like, so being like an active listener, like everything that we've talked about, but like, just like taking a moment to think about those that you're close to and like, really like digest what they've given you and be like, is that, is that a little bit like off or are they just, you know, caught up in work? Like, what is it? And maybe like ask that question, like, Hey, like, you, you seem like you're just like, so like dialed in at work. Like, is everything going okay? And then they're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like everything's going great. I'm just like really working on this deal and it's going really well. And I just like want to make sure that it happens. And it's like, okay, awesome. That's fantastic. Good for you. Just checking in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There is a power to just kind of like, it's that leading by example, right? It's like, if you've spent the time within the mental health space and you're like, okay, like I know that this is going to help somebody. Yeah. It's just like letting them know that you're there for them, which is huge. 
Uh, one question that I wanted to ask you, Nick, earlier was how did um, talking about your mental health change your family dynamic? Because obviously it's it's a unique one. I, I don't know how many people I told that I saw somebody in college before I stopped seeing them. And then actually at the beginning of uh, COVID, obviously life put on hold feeling of, you know, that feeling of mm. value that you get from going to work every day or, or, or doing anything was definitely taken away. So I actually used the time to start seeing a therapist through one of the virtual, um, you know, therapy companies here in the States. And that's when sort of, obviously I started working with Tad as well. And, and, you know, I, I've been, you know, my relationships, I definitely have talked about it more. I don't think that I talk about it enough to sort of like shake the power dynamic that I have with the situation yet. But I think from a family dynamic, like my mom is like the strongest person that I know. And she was incredibly like everything that happened, like she handled Mm -hmm. it like an absolute champ. And she's been, she's the most wonderful woman ever. Obviously that's a little bit biased. Right. But um, we, Exactly. Exactly. And Lawson. And Law- yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I actually got to, I actually got to spend three weeks with her uh, from American Thanksgiving. <laughs> just, uh, just second to my mom. Right. And, and then we started and then third to Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Lawson. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> I actually brought up some things that she had said to me in the past that made me feel very uneasy. And one of the things was like, I told her about how I was feeling And she said, and one of the words that I brought up was anxious. And she said to me, she just responded. She's like, well, you're not anxious. And I just sort of like, I let it slide initially. And then when I was in person with her, I told her, I was like, yeah, you know, you said this to me. And like, Mm -hmm. that's like, how would you know that? Right. And I think that was finally her being like, okay. And then, I mean, I'm not going to let it slide with her because I know that however I feel about everything that's happened with me and my family. She's has to also be feeling some of those things. And I know for a fact, she hasn't seen anybody and I don't know how much she's talked about it. And I'm sure a lot of it's been built up and I've encouraged her to go see people and talk to a third party that's unbiased that can just listen. Right. And so I'm not really that worried about, you know, my, my dad is obviously like still alive and he's out and we have our own sort of unique relationship where it's just very, superficial and my brother and I aren't, you know, necessarily the closest ever, but, um, you know, I haven't necessarily gotten the, the overwhelming support from my family per se of, about mental health, but I've pushed my mom because I know that she and I are in a similar place and I've now taken a step to take the step. And I think that like, she's somebody that I want to go through this together with, because I know that we both were affected emotionally, probably more than anybody else, just with my relationship to my dad Mm -hmm. and her relationship to my dad was very different than my brother's. And so I think family dynamic wise, I've sort of like, I'm not going to sit here and like, be like the person where it's like, I need to change my family's, you know, beliefs and everything like that. But I'm sort of focusing, you know, my brother's supportive and in his own way. And he's, you know, 
we don't see each other all that often. We communicate, you know, via text and phone calls, but we don't see right. each other a ton. Yeah. So it's a little bit harder. And my mom lives out West. So it's just, it, it, we're trying to work through it. But I think now that sort of the conversation has started, it's incredible to see that like, she's sort of like now like thinking back on things and is like, maybe it's not normal that I felt this way, or maybe it's not normal that I said those things. Maybe mm. it's not normal that I, I did those things and I can like dive deeper into like, actually like, like talking and like hearing this out. So I think family dynamic wise, it's definitely been a transition and, but I'm sort of just trying to, to help my mom through it as like, again, not an expert, but just somebody who's sort of going through it side by side because the feelings of like being alone, right? Like that's the big, you know, slogan with mental health, right? Like you're not alone. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, going through it with her and just sort of encourage her in her along the way, um, is sort of where where our family dynamic is. Yeah, that's great. I, I love the idea of, of doing it together because I think that like so often it is, it, it is like a lonely road. And that that's why so many people get caught up in that that feeling of loneliness because you're like, oh, like I don't know anybody else doing this. And it's like a lot of people are doing it. They're just not talking about it. And so being there to support as, you know, as her son and like, you know, that family, like I think that's really cool. Um, Lawson, have you had experiences as well where you've uh, talked with your family and, and you've seen how they've received what you've... Uh, you know, wanted to communicate to them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like towards, I would say like, maybe like, it was around probably March, honestly, um, and even maybe the the months leading up to that. But um, there was just, I kind of touched on it earlier, but it was a combination of, you know, a couple of things. Like, I think a lot of the the missing piece in, in my life anyways, is just like that value. Nick had kind of touched on it also just like, I don't know. I just kind of felt like I was losing a sense of value a little bit. And it was like a bit of like just some, some shitty relationships and um, like hockey coming to an end. That was a, that was a pretty big one. And then also too, just um, like kind of going through school and, and feeling like I had done all the, the right things. And then just like the prospects that I had hoped would be there when I, when I finished, they, they weren't really there. So I was kind of, you know, having like this, little bit of a kind of like this existential crisis where I just like wasn't really sure what the future held and I think like I had been kind of keeping my mom up to date on all this these things and she was like she was always like super supportive and super helpful but um at the same time too like I don't I don't know if she kind of understood how they were all kind of slowly like you know getting jumbled together and how it was kind of becoming you know something something larger it's like I can remember actually I think it was when we were told uh, that our season was canceled um so I can remember like coming coming back uh to the house that I was living at at the time and I think I had like my brothers reach out to me um and then I had my mom call me and I can just remember like being in my room talking with uh, my mom and like just absolutely like all of a sudden just like completely breaking down and I was like holy shit like I'd never like never really opened up that way to to anyone in my family and it goes back to just to you know I don't know whether it's just being a a male or whatnot but just Mm -hmm. and maybe not even having the education surrounding mental health but just kind of not like fully you know being open with your emotions so I think after that point um like that was really helpful I feel like my mom got a, a better understanding of like what I was dealing with and it was awesome she like she was you know I don't know how know how much um experience she had with it before but she was just kind of like that year that I needed and I think the biggest thing too is I was still at school at the time and she was just like making sure 
um, that I knew that I'd always like have a place to go back and right. to be with them. And like, I had a home base. So that was, that was really, really comforting. And then um, just kind of like the, the therapy that I did over the course of summer, like I never really told my parents about that. Like I kind of, you know, kept that to myself, but at the same time too, I, I could tell like they were, they were super supportive of Tad too, which is, which has been awesome. I feel like in a sense, like me getting involved, they kind of, um, you know, not that they felt natively towards mental health in any way, but I don't think they had fully addressed it before. Mm -hmm. And I think once I kind of started, you know, helping with this initiative, they, um, I could tell like their, their perception and things just in some of the comments that they they made, um, you know, that they were kind of changing and they were, I was with them all summer and they were really, they were awesome. They were super supportive. Um, and then, yeah, I, I ended up, you know, coming to Toronto and I think I, you know, found some, some, uh, some new ways to cope and found some new value just in honestly in a, in a new job and being in a new city. And it's been, been good for me. Yeah. But kind of shaking things up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, they were, uh, they're, they've always been super supportive and I'm, I'm definitely really, really thankful for that. Yeah. It's, how, how did it feel in that moment when you were, uh, when you were opening up like that to your mom, like, was it weird? Was it like, like about time um, kind of thing? Like how did it feel? It felt kind of like a weight off my shoulder. I can just remember her. It was, it was like something my, my brother had said to me, it was like, he mentioned something he was like, we're proud of you or something like that. Like after the season had ended and uh it was weird like my mom called me right after she's like so like how are how are you doing like how are things and i was like oh, i was just texting with my brothers and then it was just like i don't know what triggered it really and it was just like fucking instant yeah. and it was, yeah. it was it was honestly weird because i've never cried in front of my well i mean aside from being a baby like in front of my mom before right, I really, right. you know like let her into what was going on but yeah. um yeah it was i mean i think being um you know being like caught with with open arms is is a pretty unbelievable feeling when you're vulnerable mm-hmm. like that so uh, it was weird at first but definitely thankful for it 100 <laughs> percent. yeah what you guys both touched on it a little bit and i think that uh you know i've got a couple of questions for you guys before the end of uh end of this episode but um you guys both talk, kind of talked about the pandemic coming and finding that um or i guess first losing that value or that that you know where you thought you were going to be in life and then having to reorient those goals and reorient the self-perception that you had um if somebody was and and i'm sure there are a ton of people who are in that same boat even still a year into the pandemic still trying to just kind of get their bearings about them you know what advice would you give to them in terms of of reclaiming that that self-worth yeah um that's a really good question one thing that that nick and i have heard a lot of you know just through our podcast is like it is sometimes people have like that one sense of identity and if that's ever taken away it's you know your prospects can feel diminished and you're not really sure like you know where where can I provide value what what am I doing with my life so I think just through stuff that we've heard and and Nick you can probably attest to this too but just like finding like finding those things that, that you're good at that you really enjoy doing and understand like there's so much that you can bring to the table and you know where you thought you were going you know it might always not be the case that that's where you end up and I think just kind of trying to learn more about yourself and discover the things that you really enjoy doing and finding different outlets I think that's all that's all really important Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean we're no experts, right? And we're just, oh, none you know, of us are. To, yeah, talking about our our podcasts and like the conversations that we've had, but actually like through my counseling or therapy or whatever you want to call it, actually, you know, we've we've started to like work backwards. So the feeling of like when you get it when you like lie your head on your pillow at night, right? And you're like, was today a good day or bad day? And I think it's like something like subconsciously we we all do whether we know it or not sort of like consciously thinking about that and working it back so like how when i lie my head on my pillow at night will i feel like like positive will i feel like i had a successful day so you know for myself it's okay like my my role has been diminished you know it used to be eight hours of work now it's four hours of work like how am i feeling that extra four hours and what am i doing after that so like for myself you know i found a new community with tad right where i can sit down and like and and you know, work on things on my own and, and be very like entrepreneurial with it. And then, you know, pitch them to people and be like, Hey, can we do something like this? Like, is this something that we can work on? So I think like finding a new community, if, if something's been taken away from you, like whether that's, you know, through, you know, obviously there's a bunch of virtual options. There's, you know, if you're going on a run club, if you're doing something outside, right. Like I know, you know, it's obviously the winter now, so it's a little bit more difficult with just, you know, being outside and being cold, but probably in New Brunswick, it's easier for people because they're so used to it, right? So. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like basically like 11 months of the year. Exactly. But I mean, another thing for, for me is, you know, I, I graduated from college in 2017. And to be honest with you, you know, obviously hockey was a huge part of my life. And, you know, I'm working out all the time and, and you know, making sure that I'm, I'm doing right things to be able to be successful on the ice. But then, you know, you don't have that and there's nobody holding you accountable anymore. And I sort of started holding myself accountable mm -hmm. through, you know, working out. Right. And so now I'm, you know, just at home doing some home stuff and it's been very, you know, great to have that virtual aspect of it where you can get workouts at home and, and I've got some space and I know I'm very fortunate for that, but just being able to, you know, utilize time where you're bettering yourself and you can like physically feel afterwards. And you're like, we've had two people on our podcast that have talked about that and just like the feeling of like, you know, exercising that, how that like potentially boosts your mood. And like, it's a check, right? Like all we're looking for is to like check things off. Like mm -hmm. how great is it for you? Like when you're doing an assignment for school or you're doing an assignment for work or you're closing a deal or whatever, you get to check something off. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another thing that like, how easy is it for, to like start the checks, like make coffee, make your, make bed. your bed. Yeah. 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 Right. Like yeah. there's two checks right immediately. So those are things that I've gotten that back to. And, and I'm a very like detail oriented, like, you know, routine guy. So it's very easy for me to stick with those things. So nice. those are things like as value is taken away, I just sort of leaned on those just because I needed to fill my day somehow. And I needed to not feel like I'm sitting here, you know, doing nothing. Um, how can you, how can everybody, uh, you know, connect with you guys and connect with Tad and what you guys are doing? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at, uh, the Tad project. Um, and we, we have a pretty, you know, our social is, um, you know, if not daily, um, you know, every, every two days. So, and then, you know, Lawson and I are, um, on there as well. And you can just find us through some posts. We won't give out our personal ones. This isn't for, for our personal gain. Right. So, um, I mean, Hey, we you guys can, I won't tell anybody, but no, it's all right. I, I'm Lawson might Lawson's younger than <laughs> I am. So, <laughs> no, i always gotta um, plug the ig yeah yeah no no but uh 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, checking out our website too, uh, talkaboutdepression.org, uh, which we're, we've been kind of building out a little bit. And like Nick said, um, you know, Ben does a, a great job with our, our Instagram, keeping that updated with uh, some really awesome, just like daily um, little points that everybody can implement into their daily lives, uh, which I, I mean, I think are great. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just, you know, keep the podcast rolling. We're always looking to, uh, you know, have uh, new faces on. And you know, Kyle, we, we really enjoyed uh, when you came on for, for us last time. So maybe we could uh, schedule something again. It was a great chat. I'd love that. So, yeah, yeah no, that'd sure. be great. Um, the last thing that I wanted to ask you guys is at the end of every episode, I like to give out a challenge to my listeners, something that they can implement into their day, week, month, just, you know, life in general. Um, so I'm curious, you know, from both of you, and, and I'll start with Nick first and, and Lawson, if you can go afterwards, um, a, a challenge that maybe something that's helped you in your own life uh, through your own mental health journey. It can be literally anything, just something that you think people could could benefit from. Yeah, I, I think for me, you know, going on the you know, shitty New Year's resolution train, right? right? But like, how many people like give that up, right? And I I sort of tried to, to think of a way that I can, you know, better not only my mental health, but also check in with others. And, and, you know, Tad obviously being, you know, a support system for friends and family and loved ones and, you know, people that I've, you know, I've been on a, a, you know, a little bit of a wild adventure with hockey and just moved around a bunch and met a lot of great people and not necessarily stayed in touch with everybody. So, you know, the great thing about social media is you have access to everybody. And I've tried to, you know, since the 1st of January, connect with, you know, one person a week that I haven't talked to in a while. And just, you know, maybe you see their stories on Instagram, or maybe you see their tweets, or maybe you see something like that. And, and just say like, hey, you know, like, I know I haven't, you know, reached out in a while, but I've, I've been following you. And, you know, it looks like things are going great. And, you know, if you ever need anything, you know, I'm here to listen and, but, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you. It looks like you're, you're doing really well. And the responses that I've gotten back for that have been like, so in- incredibly awesome. Like I I'm telling you, I it's like it. so rewarding. And um, so I think that's a challenge for people is like connect with people that you have not in a while. Hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you, like people will read it and maybe initially they'll look at their phone and be like, what the fuck? Like, why yeah, is this yeah, person yeah. texting? And then they'll read it and then they'll be like, that is so nice. Mm -hmm. Like that is so nice. Um, And I think, so I think that's, I put that challenge to anybody and just say like, reach out, Mm -hmm. reach out and say hi and say that, you know, you're there and that you're following and that you, because I mean, that's what people want, right? Like they want to be seen, they want to be heard and, and know that they're, they're there, they're not invisible. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, And it's something that I've done. I would say that my challenge is, um, you know, like there's some of those mornings and you can, it's something that you can practice every morning, honestly, but like specifically for those ones where your alarm goes off and you're just like, fuck me. Like, 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 here we go again. And you just know it's going to be like, Boston, I feel like you're speaking to my soul right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and you're just like, you just know right away, like you're starting the day off on a bad foot. And I mean, some days are going to be easier than others. But one thing that I kind of try and like to do is like, right when I wake up, I just kind of, and I think it's like with practice too, if the more you do it, but as soon as you wake up, like three things that you're grateful for, um, I think that's a really great way to start your day. And just kind of, you know, you can write them down. That's even better. Um, and, you know, if you're keeping track of that, you can kind of see, you know, how, 
the things you're grateful for change and kind of your evolution or if you want to just make a mental note of it that's fine too but i think that's a, a really important exercise yeah good stuff guys um yeah i, I really appreciate you guys coming on and, and sharing everything that uh you guys have done and uh and yeah i'll definitely uh make sure to keep in touch because uh as i said i think that you guys are doing some cool work so keep it up yeah we got to get you out on the links for a charity golf event right Whew, bring your I wouldn't, wanna, I wouldn't want to embarrass you guys yeah What I absolutely love is that in back-to-back episodes, it's just been like the guys talking about mental health. The other thing too being like, I feel like we've hammered home how guys should be talking about um, their mental health. Like, um, you know, that, that it's just like a normal thing to chat about. But at the same time, it's still so cool being able to like broadcast that stuff out there. The um, It's like the, uh, the Paul Rudd meme. It's like the... Look, look at us look at us <laughs> who, who would have thought not not me <laughs> uh guys make sure to check out at the tad project on instagram and while you're there at morsey yeah, life's a wreck blah 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 rah. um i just found out the other day we're in the top 10 percent of buzzsprout podcasts eh? no shit good stuff at this point i think that um as we as we keep going i'm just gonna let the fame get to me more with, with every percent that we go up you just just every every single view just get, I, I mean or, look or at, listen just get more and more disconnected from reality I mean, look at this like where we've come from last year I'm gonna hop on here one day and just be like sup you fucking losers <laughs> this is kyle moore the best thing that's ever happened to podcasting i'm just gonna get i'm just gonna get disgusting really um also guys if you're still listening just know that we've got an announcement about the better tomorrow merch um and the first donation from the brand on the next episode um so yeah looking forward to that and finish with something exciting i you know what i can tell that you've taken a single marketing class uh it's really it's really paying off i try man big businessman top 10 percent of buzzsprout podcast i'm not a businessman i'm a businessman <laughs> I'm only gonna say this once. You get it? Done. Okay. No, that was too much. Okay, this episode is done. Say the line. Try and say the line. Like you mean like the C in two weeks part? No, the other like the one that you say at the end. It's like the name of the podcast. You say it at the end, and then you cut to the music. Try saying it. I'm not. It's not oh, happy because life's. A- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.